Mandar Abde is the founder and executive director of Cities for Peace. Mandar currently manages Cities for Peace, a strategic consultancy that promotes peace in cities worldwide. Prior to this, he managed Shell's prestigious Game Changer Social Innovation Program. While at Shell, Mandar designed and facilitated an innovation learning program for over 2,000 colleagues. Mandar is also the producer director of. from india with love a documentary film to reinvigorate the message of nonviolence or ahimsa in the world aligned with this mission mandar hosted the inaugural world summit for countering violence and extremism bringing together peace activists and law enforcement executives from across the world in the spirit of promoting peace and compassion in the world for nearly two decades mandar has studied practiced and taught meditation for the international association for human values and the art of living foundation welcome to this episode of threading thoughts rewiring with peace peace and conflict prevention are observed to have a direct positive impact on businesses peace represents a set of good opportunities providing the public and the private sector with customers local suppliers qualified employees and investors businesses have always assumed that peaceful conditions foster trade and industry the idea that business could and should actively promote peace as an extension of its csr is new and very important businesses are already major global players and can have a more active role in peace building efforts at the local national and even global levels which is also consistent with supply chain stability higher profits and expanded markets however given the importance of peace for the economy and the business sector it is surprising that the idea of the role of business in peace is still underdeveloped hi welcome to this episode of threading thoughts i am incredibly excited to be talking to mandar apte um, mandar as is is a very interesting person uh, with a very unique perspective and and almost like a soul ranger um, you know trying to promote this particular thought and it has caught the fancy of a lot of senior executives as well as um, academic personnel and i think uh, this is a, a topic that we really need to talk about given the kind of um, you know events that are happening around us so i am so excited and mandar so happy to have you on threading thoughts welcome thank you mrudula uh, even though what i'm doing seems common sense there are very few people that uh, get it and you got it even before we spoke true <laughs> so thank you for the resonance and i look forward to this conversation lovely wonderful having you um mandar let me get right into the crux of the matter i mean what actually started this journey uh, for you uh, so journey begins i mean there are many steps we take in a journey and what you are doing now is not just a flip that happens uh, yesterday night right absolutely so i think there are a few key moments in my uh, you know short journey whatever you can call it the first is uh, living abroad living in the united states for about 25 years 
because that is where you realize the value of the uh, social relevance of the culture that you have been born and brought up in true of which you don't know much about uh, you know nobody has explained the science of it or the social meaning of it correct so that is uh, you can say one big part of my uh, journey is uh, living abroad the second uh, pivotal point in my journey is uh, stress in my own life for which uh, it needed uh, intervention and i luckily chose the yoga meditation uh, approach rather right. than uh, drugs and pills and uh, you know uh, the science of pranayama and the science of meditation it is not just for well being uh, but it can be for leadership transformation also is what i realized 20 years ago when i did my program right uh, and the next few steps uh, in this journey are a realization while you are living in the most uh, prosperous nation in the world the united states is there is a lot of violence mm. and uh, that violence can happen anywhere it can happen anytime it doesn't look at my bank balance it doesn't look at my political views or True. skin color and so that realization is one of the strongest ones to actually pivot and just put my time now on this uh, work that i'm doing full time is uh, when this act of violence happens then maybe i will do something about it it was my thought until it doesn't happen to me or a personal friend or my own family members i may not do anything about it so that like woke me up that day is uh, what have we done we are immune we are desensitized correct no and and you're so right it's almost like we do not get into something unless it happens to us or unless it uh, you know personally affects us or somebody very close to us right it has to hit home before we want to take an action on it and that's very true and it's it's really nice to see that you know there were so many personal as well as professional reasons for you to start it and you reached back to something that perhaps you didn't have complete knowledge about but something that was already existing and very rich in its content so there have been many individual efforts to promote peace right and that the greater focus has been i think a lot on also sustainable green ventures um, you know recycling and that's that's what we hear a lot about but where does peace sort of fit into this matrix of uh, you know helping the world heal because uh, we are we are sort of talking about the physical healing of the world through recycling sustainable ventures this is more like an emotional healing uh, so where 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 do you see peace fitting in and role that it will play going forward as well uh for for that i think we will have to rethink and reimagine what is peace so peace is not just the absence of war mm. uh once you have this uh aha that oh then what is it so there you have to like give credit to the rishis and sages of india that peace is your nature you know and when you are not in your nature then violence happens either you are violent to yourself or you are violent to the people around and the planet around is the external manifestation of it so 
that's where uh, about 10 years ago i uh, had a conversation with my meditation teacher shri shri ravishankar ji art of living foundation founder and he mentioned to me something very profound he said people are working on outer climate change hmm. but what about the inner climate change and that got me thinking that uh, you know the inner climate the clarity of mind the contentment uh, the purpose all this needs to also be rewired and uh, you know then the outer climate change responses that we give will be more authentic right otherwise it's just a checkbox and so um, you know in this world today the buzzword today is regenerative leadership hmm. regenerative futures you know regenerative agriculture like all these things have uh, you know they they have a lot of potential but uh, my question to these regenerative people is how are you regenerating yourself every day you know what are you doing every day to recalibrate yourself right uh, and that is where the indic wisdom comes of uh, inner healing inner peace actually peace is an amorphous term right peace uh, you cannot measure it you cannot even Absolutely. see it Absolutely. just because i'm smiling doesn't mean i have uh, you know chapters in my life that are really profoundly miserable correct so that outward expression of laughter he ha that doesn't mean that i'm maybe peaceful actually happy also correct so uh, that is where each person needs to be given some kind of a rewiring toolkit uh, that is just like a toothbrush and a toothpaste that we all have repelled when it was put in our mouth mm. but somebody like our parents held on to it taught us this good habit and now hopefully we don't leave our home until we do this uh, you know few minutes of uh, brushing our teeth there is no joy that we get out of it we don't even like notice that we have brushed my teeth right we are not enjoying it also but we randomly just do it physically just do it if we do that for dental hygiene why don't we also look into mental hygiene uh and you know that is what i feel is the missing link the missing right. link is uh getting people uh to be more self aware more self conscious like uh, i don't know whether you notice it but every day in the morning when i'm brushing my teeth my tap is on and for a few seconds i feel like oh i can close it but there are so many uh, moments where i'm not conscious of my own activities correct and that is where that inner well being uh, inner climate change needs to be complemented with that outer climate change or the actions we will do uh, does that help absolutely i mean it's it's very beautifully said actually um and i think you're sort of spot on when you say people not necessarily at peace at all times there are chapters in their life where it has it has troubled them greatly and uh, to overcome it and to come over it has required a lot of mental strength and that mental strength is through the rewiring that happens regularly within our systems as well so um but um you know you have spoken about uh, you know regenerative uh, 
qualities and what we need to think about. But uh, one thing we must understand is sustainability or green initiatives sort of loop back into the uh, the fiscal um, you know health of a company or of a country or you know of the world in a larger sense. So sustainability and peace often are not said in the same breath um, as profits, right? So. Where will you, uh, to a large extent, perhaps sustainable be a lot more, but where do you link peace with profits or, you know, uh, for example, I am not going to say step up if I'm not getting something in return. My ROI has to be quite strong enough for me to actually invest in doing something like this, right? Uh, it's great to say that I, I am at peace with myself, but will I take the effort to be at peace with the surroundings? So what is going to be my, you know, ROI on this? and <laughs> Why would I do it? I uh, happened to work in the belly of the beast. I worked at Shell for nearly 20 years. So when I joined uh, 1999, there was a term that was introduced uh, to us by the then Shell CEO, uh, people, planet and profits. People, planet and profits. And uh, now, 23 years later, I would say, uh, sustainability has now made it into the discussion of uh, the CFO. Like, okay, why should we invest? Correct. Right. So it has taken multiple decades for this conversation where uh, initially sustainability was just that orphan in the C-suite that they didn't even make it there. Correct. Then people termed the corporate social responsibility. So it's like money going out to X activities, right? Planting trees or uh, these type of uh, green ventures, green <laughs> ventures. But uh, sooner or later, people have realized that uh, if uh, if societal expectations, societal needs are not met, then people are not going to invest in your company. So now, sustainable development, if anybody is not doing, uh, then it becomes uh, you know dangerous for your own uh, existence. So now let me come to uh, the peace aspect. So whenever the sustainable development goals were launched, there are 17 goals. Number 17 is partnerships. Mm. Number 16 is peace and security. Business doesn't go there so far. So far, yeah. Business, business looks at other aspects, right? So uh, business, you can look at business coalition for reducing plastics in the ocean. Hmm. It exists. Correct. Business coalition for stopping girl child, girl feticide, girl child, etc., etc., etc. All these coalitions exist. So when I started this journey of, uh, you know, can we make peace profitable? I noticed that uh, peace is there in the sustainability agenda, like in the goals. But business is not taking it on because right. the perception of peace is it's the absence of war. And war means it's not business's role. It's the role of the United Nations or the government sector or even the NGO sector. Correct. What business has to do with it? But that is where I, you know, accidentally discovered a few business cases of why peace and addressing this peace directly leads to profits. Mm. Uh, one uh, example I, I may give you. So I spent uh, many years in the petroleum industry. I was also attacked by a mob when I was in uh, Nigeria as a petroleum engineer. And uh, I, what I started noticing is that whenever there is violence, 
the communities uh, will siphon the oil from the pipelines. So in the Niger Delta, you may have read about pipelines bursting, oil spills. Correct. One reason is uh, the pipeline siphoning of the oil has a black market. So that's where as an innovation, head of innovation at Shell, I started thinking about, can I promote peace, which is social cohesion, which is harmony between the communities in the rural uh, Delta. Uh, it's good as a social activity is good. Right. But the business case is it will help stop the loss of revenue. Hmm. So that is where I accidentally discovered that, uh, especially for the extractive sector where I am from, Correct. working experience, is uh, it's obvious that if you are dealing with communities for your pipelines, for your you know coal fields, mine fields, uh, you have to manage that uh, community tension. Because if uh, you don't manage that community tension, projects will get delayed and right. that is cost. So the company that has better relations with the communities that they are engaging with will, uh, you know, get the community buy-in, et cetera, et cetera. And that is uh, stopping the loss of revenue. So it just makes business sense of why you should have harmony. And then uh, one more business case as I, you know, went into this peace rabbit hole. I started looking at uh, urban uh, inner cities. Okay. So inner cities of the United States where there is a lot of violence. Uh, people with privilege usually don't go in those neighborhoods, in those areas. Like when I went for graduate school 25 years ago, I was told, avoid that neighborhood. Mm. So when you look at those neighborhoods, uh, you know, there is a lack of and you can make a list of all these things like lack of healthcare, lack of education, lack of uh, financial literacy, lack of peace. And that is where I, I, I calculated like one incident, one homicide in the city of Los Angeles, inner city Los Angeles. If you add all the dominoes, it costs the city $1 million per homicide. My God. And so that is where we have to now think that, oh my God, there's at least a murder every day. Correct. If I'm a taxpayer, my money is going into the business of violence. And this is just murder. Like if you add burglary, rape, assault, then business of violence means you need more police, more uniform, more cameras, more guns. Like this is all multi-billion dollar business. Correct. So that is where the peace and profit thinking comes in. Like if I can promote peace, which is simple uh, in terms of trauma relief, in terms of, you know, getting people to talk to each other and make them entrepreneurs. Can right. we now make them entrepreneurs of solving the lack in their neighborhoods, thereby stopping the reason why there is violence? Because it's inequity, right? You don't have it. So that is where, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's obvious. Peace is our nature. We, everything we are doing is for peace. So all uh, my work is doing is making businesses and leaders and organizations to pause and ask themselves, what else can be the purpose of my organization or the impact of my leadership? And that's, I mean, who would not want to leave a, a good legacy behind, right? Absolutely. 
so that is where uh, i would say especially in united states uh, the thing that puts uh, it's sick in my stomach is these school incidences oh god yes absolutely okay so now it can happen in any child school might happen in my neighborhood school and then we will repent like oh my god we didn't do this so civil society and business needs to play a role because politics and media will play their role mm. right it will always go into a gun debate and gun laws and of course it's not it's not like i'm uh, taking a position on those uh, dividing matters but my position is we can all come together to promote peace right non violence mental well being right and that is where there is uh, a demand the demand is there's a lot of violence so it just makes capitalistic sense <laughs> to look at providing solutions and uh, yeah i feel like uh, the united states needs to lead the way <laughs> no but these are very tangible uh, examples right i think that's the biggest issue we sometimes don't relate uh peace with a lot of the downstream uh, you know spending and issues that we are going to face i mean you talked about the police that are required what about the court time what about lawyers you know what about the number of times it goes into court and taxpayers money that has to pay for that as well so it's just it's never ending right it's it slowly it's like a, almost like a value added tax at every step there is something that uh, drains into somebody else's money and time and effort so i mean these these are very tangible examples that we can actually work with but um, having worked so long in this sphere and of course you know um, been there done that sort of a feeling what have been your biggest challenges right and given that you you started at point a you've you've traversed this very uh, difficult uh, you know path um, so what would you have done differently given that you've actually crossed a certain a couple of bridges now um what would you have done differently or what can you do differently now like right now you know that here are the issues and perhaps this is a better way of approaching them so some learnings and what you put into what you're doing now um my biggest uh, i would say feeling is that the engineering curriculum that i went through as a chemical engineer here in mumbai the uh, graduate petroleum engineering curriculum that i went through in america and business education that we are imparting to our students mm. all these curriculums i would uh, i i did i don't think i i got what i should have mm. you know like for example uh, in the engineering world i understood how to design pipelines i got the training of uh, de-risking uh, you know big risks in the technology space but when i started working at shell i realized that the biggest risk is not technical risk hmm. it's the economic social political risk that takes projects and makes uh, project costs go up right right so if i had a opportunity i would have added a curriculum into these engineering and business curriculums on uh, engineering peace mm. well you could call it whatever it is but it would be a curriculum on how to make people agree to disagree how to create social harmony 
you may disagree on 100 things but can you agree on one thing that becomes a differentiator you know that is a way you can differentiate yourself as a leader today or as an organization today right because right. there is so much stress there is so much strife there is so many wars and refugees that uh, we need to become really global citizens we need to learn the language of a global citizen that hey the wisdom on the planet belongs to everyone the planet belongs to everyone true you know full pollution in china will affect somebody in the united states and vice versa so that is where uh, some training on human values education was missing and that would be uh, something i would love to address with whoever is listening is let's look at the influence you have as a as a educator and see if we can impart this human values training uh, where you know you should grow up feeling like the whole world belongs to me i belong to the world hmm otherwise we are programmed to say okay i'm indian so i will only hang out with my indian friends right or uh, i'm a petroleum engineer so i will only go for my petroleum engineering conferences right so it's like we are living very siloed lives correct correct but the highest identity is i'm human and i belong to this planet before any other identity should take you away uh and the uh, other thing that uh, i would love to you know influence is uh, we have to uh, feel proud about our indic traditions and cultures yeah uh so all this colonization or post colonization that uh, education that we got we never got decolonized we never got uh, you know a feel of pride for attending bhimsen joshi's concert Hmm. pride was always attached to hey john bon jovi is coming in your town and uh, you are a loser you don't want to come with bon jovi concert so you know that we have to somehow like decolonize ourselves uh since you also lived in the us I, i'll give you an example uh, brudulop i came back one year uh, maybe the first few years uh, back here and i asked my friends hey let's meet in mumbai so these are all people i grew up with i was shocked when one of them said the venue of where we should meet he said let's go to kfc hmm and i'm like dude i have never been to kfc even in my 25 years in the us i never even went there so somehow pride has gotten attached to anything that is western and i think that is where again we have to rewire ourselves that uh, our tradition our culture has a lot to offer we also don't know much about it uh, so that's where i would say and uh, the other question you asked is challenges the cha- the biggest challenge is for an innovator or anybody who is doing something different mm. is uh, we need to learn how to create a shared vision okay and that is where you have to temper yourself down you know not everybody will get your vision immediately so tempering it down and bringing people along with you is a challenge of any uh, any innovator any innovator i think that's and, uh, a challenge in any organization any initiative yeah. uh, you know to get like minded people to take the path with you and more importantly the failures as well right the successes are always sweet um 
but uh, no, this I taught uh, I taught a meditation program at Shell. I created a meditation based innovation program at Shell. Okay. And I was able to teach two thousand Shell staff worldwide. Wow. And I got an award on entrepreneurship, like entrepreneur of the year. Correct. So that external award got me a meeting with the Shell CEO. That was ten years ago this month. No. And I remember in that meeting, uh, the former Shell CEO, he asked me, uh, I can't bring five people in my leadership team along with me. How did 2,000 people follow you? <laughs> so I said to him that, you know, sir, uh, when you give people something good to taste, like apple pie, they're going to like you. Right? So this is where leadership now should be about giving, 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 giving. And 10 times when you give, and it's not physical gifts, but Correct. mostly time, right? You're giving your time. You may ask one thing in return from that person that, hey, can you do this for me? And that is how uh, relationships are built. Like when you give, 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 then maybe once you can ask. Uh, and that is a skill. It's, it's a work in progress. I, I think so. I think it's a skill that has to be developed uh, and it's not widespread. But um, what would be, say, a policy that you would like at a firm level and at a national level uh, to bring peace into mainstream policy conversations for economic profitability? Uh, for, at a firm level, uh, encourage the intrapreneurs within your organization and expose them to bring ideas that have a social impact. So social intrapreneurship at your firm, get this done through your HR outfit or whatever vertical you can Correct. launch it. Because once you are bringing the intrapreneur, you are telling the intrapreneur that, hey, you, your ideas are valuable then it also helps in retention of that staff. Absolutely. Right? And it tells other people that being different is okay. Correct. And value. So that is one idea that I would propose is uh, peace entrepreneurship. But it will come when social entrepreneurship is ingrained because peace is not just, there is no one way to that peace, right? It Correct. could be multiple approaches to having that uh, contented space. So that uh, social intrapreneur encourages that. That's at the firm level. It, you could be an NGO, you could be a government outfit, or you could even be a for-profit outfit. And uh, what, it, what was the nation, second question? Nation level? Uh, national level in India, right? Yes. Uh, so my experience of living abroad for 25 years is... Uh, our country went through, uh, you know, more than 1,000 years or even more of uh, colonized rule. Right. That's a lot of trauma. The trauma of uh, all those years of uh, the British rule and then the Mughal rule. Uh, we never discussed that trauma. So trauma doesn't just go away. And right. the latest research also says that the trauma is also intergenerational so it passes on through your dna so at a national level i would like to see if there is a policy that can allow uh, 
trauma and reconciliation just like uh, south africa did something right around truth and reconciliation correct correct uh, so if that is done and again it should not be forced so that is where the government's role is to encourage civil society to play a role and that is where again business can also play a role mm. because if we do not reconcile with uh, trauma and if we don't allow that trauma to uh, heal then it perpetuates you know i killed you because your uncle looked at my uh, whatever spouse and blah blah blah, blah. correct it, it just goes so on. that is at a national level somebody somebody wise has to go a political and say okay this is where we come from this is our uh, lineage there is a lot of trauma trap we have to somehow release it heal yeah. from it and second immediately what i would request this government or whoever is listening in the civil society outfits even in national urban affairs that like there are many civil society slash government organizations and business organizations how can you encourage more peace building hmm. how can you encourage more people to come together especially the young people of today and the brand that will position itself to doing that right is return on investment so do whatever you are doing to unite people do not put polarizing ads out there just like what happened recently with the bharat matrimony ad or even the fab india ads like you know you have to have that sensitivity of uh, the thing you are putting out there so it's not like these people are dumb correct correct so they may be they may be unaware correct that is where uh, a self uh, that is where you need to improve the consciousness of the people who are making these products so that inner climate change coming back to that inner climate change it is needed in individuals in organizations communities even countries right correct because um, unless we are more conscious we will keep repeating the same mistakes mm. and people in the media people in the politics are going to use this to keep create more polarization because you know that's their bread and butter that's yeah that is their business the business of violence like if there is violence we all will get affected by it absolutely but uh, so beautifully explained mandar i think i mean this conversation can go on and on it is just so lovely because there's so many thoughts i think that can come so many streams of discussion that can come from here but i i can only say thank you so much for being part of uh, you know threading thoughts and actually sharing your thoughts and ideas and and almost this this uh, you know uh, this initiative that has been part of a greater part of your life and i can only hope this even becomes bigger a lot more people join in because it it's very important uh, you know as you said not only in a peace but everybody coming together and that can only happen when you know the thoughts are aligned um, and good thoughts are aligned as well so uh, this is absolutely fantastic to even hear these approaches the amount of struggle that you've had the learnings that you've put into place so that you know whatever you go forward with it comes back to with experience and learning and i think that is so important because that's where you actually um, you know really get the learnings from not just some nyan that you read from somewhere um, it has to be on the ground you have to go through it uh, you know literally the the testing period is there so i i can only wish you one more thing i want to say i want to chime in to your uh, initiative and your own personal background which uh, sure. you know is arts which arts related uh, i wish i had that in the curriculums that i went through 
Mm. Right. So this whole idea of stem, 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 stem. Absolutely. If that stem becomes the steam, as they steam, say. Steam, exactly. Right? That arts is additive. Because arts, whichever form of arts, painting, dance, music, uh, it is a way to heal. No, It is a way Absolutely. to heal yourself. Absolutely. And your performance heals so many other people. Right. So I think that encouraging the arts in the curriculums. Uh, arts doesn't have to be uh, dance and music. It could simply be uh, how do you uh, uh, do mimicry. Anything, performative, anything. explorative, any art is art. I mean, I strongly yeah. believe that. No, I, I, I hear you, I echo you, and that's what I've been crusading for as well. So, but thank you so much, Manda. Thank you so much for being part of uh, Threading Thoughts. It's been thank so you. Fun. Keep up your good work. <laughs> Keep up your good work. Thank you. Thank you so much.